0: It's time for your local weekly analysis, Slow County Public Policy and the Law, with your host, Stu Jenkins. The union forever, hurrah, boys, hurrah. Down with the traitor! up with
1: the star, while we rally around the flag, boys, rally once again, ciao. Welcome to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only on K News FM 98.5. I'm your host, Stu Jenkins. As a lawyer, I help folks protect their families and real estate in their estate plans. I also represent farming, industrial, and commercial landowners. Since 1978, I have tried several thousand Slow County court cases. It has also been my privilege to strike down unconstitutional election laws and city ordinances and I have served repeatedly as Superior Court Special Master. I have also been trusted to represent both the Democratic Party and Republican candidates in court. On slow County Public Policy and the law, officeholders, lawyers, and activists appear to inform you about government actions shaping their lives. Last week, I had former Grover Beach Mayor Debbie Peterson talk about Her book, *The Happiest Corruption*: Sleaze, Lies, and Suicide in a California Beach Town. If you haven't read that tell-all book, you can get a copy at any good bookstore or at Amazon or Barnes and Noble's. I also interviewed Passa Robles Mayor John Hammond about the Passa Robles Spaceport. If you missed last week's show, log into the podcast of the interviews at KNews985.com. That's K N E W S 985.com. Now, today I am pleased in our first hour to chat with certified general real estate appraiser, Kem Weber. And in our second hour, election law lawyer Kevin Shankman will join me to tell us why he is demanding that San Luis Obispo adopt council elections by districts. But now let's welcome Cam Weber to the show. Hi Cam. Hi Stuart. Now for our listeners I I want to point out that uh, the spelling of your first name is K E M and your last name is W E B R just one B. B E R. B E R. W E B E R. Uh, not two bees. If they're looking for you on the internet, or or if there's still phone books around, um, can Kim? How would anybody contact you if they needed to? If they needed an appraisal of uh, their house or their land, or
0: well, uh, Stuart, uh, my email is of course the uh, most convenient way, uh, and that uh, is Weber at Silcom dot com, and. Um, Silcom so is spelled S as in Sam, I L C O M dot
1: com. Dot com. Two comms. <laughs>
0: well, or or call me 805 441 7076. That's it.
1: Okay. We'll ask for that number again later in the show. Um, how, I always like to talk to my guests about their background, how they got into uh, their vocation. Uh, and. Uh, you know, what? Are you from San Luis Obispo County originally?
0: I was born and raised in San Luis Obispo. Mm-hmm. Um, went to uh, Mission High School. Um, went on uh, to graduate from San Diego State. Uh, went in the Army for a couple of years, and uh, came back. Uh, got married, raised my family in uh, Napo,mo and. Um, uh, started my career in real estate uh, in the 70s. Uh, my father was a real estate appraiser and a real estate broker. And um, it seemed like um, the uh, career that I wanted and uh, pursued it and,
1: and have enjoyed it every sense. minute of it. Now, you're also a real mm. estate broker, as I yes, understand it.
0: that's correct. I am.
1: And do you have agents in your brokerage? Or no, is it I you you.
0: I'm an independent broker. You, yourself, and you. My house, correct. All three of us.
1: <laughs> and uh, now, now, where's your uh, where's your office located? Well,
0: I have a home office, okay, um, in Arroyo Grande, uh-huh. and um, th- with the technology, the way it is uh, today, um, access to the multiple listing services online, um, all of the um, technology that's available for real estate appraisal is online
1: and uh, so these two uh, uh, vocations actually dovetail with each other they do very well
0: uh, they they're run in parallel huh um, the um, ability to do both is easily separated uh, there's very obvious laws strict laws to separate the two
1: sure oh you uh, I assume that you can't appraise a piece of property that you're a broker on Well, uh, uh, formally for well, for
0: yes, for um, uh, lending purposes, um, you cannot. Mm -hmm. Um, But as a matter of course, in listing a property, the appraisal uh, experience has been very useful uh, because you have a um, a sense of what value is that ordinarily you might not be able to have. Of your, uh, if you're not uh, an appraiser as well as a broker.
1: Now, Kim, you're um, you're certified as a general uh, appraiser for real estate. Uh, are there different levels of certification that that people ought to know about if they're looking at hiring an appraiser?
0: Well, yes. There's there's four levels. There's the trainee level, uh, and that is a individual that is required to be supervised by. A um, um, certified uh, general or certified residential appraiser. The next step up is a licensed appraiser, and that's the trainee that is now qualified to obtain a license and practice on their own. And then the next step up is the certified residential, and they're limited by the dollar amount uh, that they can appraise for lending purposes, and Hmm. then they general, a certified general appraiser, real estate appraiser can appraise any value.
1: And I'm assuming a residential appraiser um, would not be qualified to appraise a uh, piece of industrial property or a piece of uh, farming property?
0: Not necessarily. If it was for uh, lending purposes, Mm -hmm. they might uh, run into the um, uh, valuation or the uh, loan amount that's Mm -hmm. involved okay. and uh, they're restricted by the dollar amount not the type
1: of property. Oh, okay. So what's the dollar amount that a residential appraiser... I I don't know. You don't keep track now that you don't have to. Well, I don't. (laughs) Okay, okay. Um, Now, there's, uh, you know, I know from my own practice there's events that can trigger the need for an appraiser uh, to take a look at the value of property uh, certainly when a uh, when a homeowner passes away, uh, you know, my I always advise my clients they should get an appraisal as of the date of passing mm-hmm. for tax purposes, and and sometimes they don't come in and see me for several years. Um, so, do you? Uh, there's a different way to appraise something uh, if you're doing it kind of on the fly today as opposed to looking backwards, say, a couple of years ago with a retrospective appraiser. That's correct. Isn't um,
0: essentially what you're talking about, Stuart, is a retroactive appraisal mm-hmm. and um, versus a current date uh, appraisal. Uh, dated, they call them date of death appraisals. And time does pass. People uh, don't act on the uh, appraisal part of their of the estate settlement uh, immediately and so the appraisal then dates back retrospectively to the date of death Mm -hmm. Um, and that's of course different than estimating value at a present date.
1: You've got more information about how values changed uh, if you're looking backward don't you?
0: Correct you have a snapshot of what occurred um, before and after mm-hmm. that date uh, versus the snapshot that is available for a current uh, date appraisal is only what has occurred up to that current date. And it's uh, it's an interpretation of what the future holds for value that the appraiser is... Um, has as a task in estimating value.
1: A current appraisal is, uh, to put it bluntly, I suppose, uh, it's the best guess based on listings and what's sold recently and how much they've sold for, right?
0: Correct. Um, appraisal is... Um, is it's an, an educa- inter- educated guess. It's an interpretation of yeah. the data. Uh-huh. I, th- I think that best describes it, in my opinion, is uh, you have the data that's available, and you have to utilize the tools that you have to interpret that information and estimate what the value is as of the current date. Um, Although you use scientific methods, addition, subtraction, etc. Appraisal is basically an art form. It's an interpretation of data and it's not scientific.
1: Well, folks, uh, you're listening to Slow County Public Policy and the Law. This is your host, Stu Jenkins. We are talking with certified general real estate appraiser, Kim Weber. And uh, Kim, um, when I read appraisals uh, for my clients or for my own uses, uh, there's always comparables that um, an appraiser is looking at, uh, usually in the area. Uh, You were talking about addition and subtraction as part of that process. What what are the factors that go into looking at those comparables related to the property you're trying to
0: appraise? Well, those are generally um, uh, called the elements of comparison, uh, location,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, site size, uh, the size of the improvements, the age of the improvements, uh, the number of bedrooms, the number of bathrooms, uh, garage space. Uh, yard amenities, uh, physical condition of the property, if there are any functional um, deficiencies, if there are any external deficiencies, uh, those are the factors that are considered so, in the comparables.
1: So, for example, if you had a uh, a house down the block that had uh, a garage suitable for 10 vehicles um, that was... Uh, Some that had sold recently, and your uh, subject property had a two-car garage. Would that be the kind of thing you, when you were looking at uh, the comparison of what that other one had sold for, uh, as a as a factor to add or subtract?
0: Well, yes, you would, but you wouldn't do it uh, uh, at during the process of uh, making the analysis. You would probably eliminate that comparable. Uh, before you went forward because it's so different because it's so different okay and that's really what the appraiser is uh, trying to find when they uh, are looking at their comparable sales are properties as similar to the subject property as possible okay
1: and um, does do things like uh, a view or an absence of a view Go into an appraiser's uh, uh, consideration.
0: That's a difficult uh, characteristic. Um, Some people uh, insist that a distant view is the same as a not-so-distant view. Uh, And so beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, If you have an ocean view and you're five miles away from the ocean, that's a different view than if you're on the coast. Right. Next door so again, beauty is in the eye of the beholder and that's a difficult um,
1: consideration to make as an appraiser
0: mm-hmm. um, okay that's difficult.
1: Well now there's other kinds of uh, land and properties um, when you're uh, appraising commercial structures um, and that's something you can do as a general uh, real estate mm-hmm. appraiser yes. What factors go into that? That are different from, say, appraising a home.
0: Well, yes. uh, Commercial property uh, is considered income-producing. Residential properties, of course, are not. uh, As a matter of course, a a home is um, not as different than a commercial property. Of course, Uh, residential properties are bought and sold based (coughs) primarily on their amenities commercial properties income producing properties are bought and sold on their ability to generate income and so in the one instance you're you're capitalizing or you're converting that income stream into a value on a residential property you're trying to make an analysis of the amenities that are available on the residential property and not the income side of it
1: okay and and when you start to look at the income side of a commercial property, it um, uh, probably depends on what it's suitable for. If it's suitable for a restaurant um, use, that's, that's one thing. So you probably even have to look at the zoning uh, as you examine that, as opposed to, say, an office building or a retail market.
0: Well, uh, yes, those are all... <laughs> Those are all appraisals. Um, yeah. uh, restaurants are not easy to appraise. Um, they don't sell often. Uh, there's not a, uh, really a, an active market of uh, restaurant properties. Um, when, you can, when you look at them on the basis of, for instance, uh, an office complex, they're more likely to be bought and sold than a restaurant. Sure, and so you would have better, uh, better comparable data in estimating the value of an office complex or an apartment complex than you would uh, in estimating a standalone restaurant. Okay, they are available; uh, they do sell, um, but they're uh, they're kind of a hybrid type of uh, of real estate.
1: Interesting. Now, that's uh, I, I would not have guessed that. If you've got a uh, say a supermarket site, those probably don't sell frequently either, do they? or even a corner corner market?
0: Well, uh, no, <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, a lot of these properties um, that are bought and sold um, are bought and sold not because they have uh, physically deteriorated and run down bec- it's because they've come to the end of their economic life ah and uh, a supermarket a uh, little corner supermarket may be right in the middle of a uh, downtown business district and the town may have grown up around it and so now all of a sudden that property is um, uh, very valuable not from a uh, market standpoint but just for the land value. So it How's might it
1: be the kind of thing where you would uh, look at what was the highest and best use for that particular building our site and you might uh, in your appraisal uh, suggest that something else was the highest and best use and you might give a couple of different values based on different uses. Is that That is absolutely
0: correct, and um, that is highest and best use is the starting point of all appraisal, Hmm. of all appraisal. Uh, You have to determine what the highest and best use of the property is, and you cannot appraise the subject property on a uh, highest and best use that is different than what the market Indicates that highest and best used to be.
1: Well, folks, you're listening to Slow County Public Policy and the Law. We're having a really good interview with Kim Weber, who is a certified general real estate appraiser right here in San Luis Obispo County. Now, Kim, um, one of the things that uh, I wanted to talk to you about are other events that might trigger um, the. The need or the benefits of having a real estate appraiser take a look at uh, a listener's property.
0: Well, sure. Uh, there are uh, other events. There's types of uh, appraisals uh, that are conducted. I have a just a short list here. There's of course market value, and uh, that's generally the value that is being uh, looked for uh, and estimated. Uh, that's uh, the willing buyer willing seller concept Uh, then there's uh, fair value Uh, accounting uh, accountants use that in their depreciation schedules there's value in use and that's uh, a specific use property a fire station as an example sure um, a school as an example they we, would we
1: all saw ghostbusters and how important a uh, fire
0: station could be correct and so there's also business value of an ongoing concern uh-huh. um, that's also and then there's a public interest value uh, i think is quite interesting and uh, the one example that I can think of most recently is the Chapman House in Shell Beach. Sure. That was owned, of course, by uh, Mr. Chapman, and he deceased. And the city of Pismo Beach acquired that property and because of its, uh, its uh, scenic value. It's a non-economic value. Well, and if you were from
1: Shell Beach, it's historic value.
0: Well, of course, yeah. and it's, it's a beautiful piece of property, oh, yeah. and now
1: it's in the public domain, and then there's... So what s- kinds of things uh, would go into the public use appraisal mm-hmm.
0: value? Well, uh, that is a difficult question. It's a non-economic uh, exercise, and so I'm not sure if there is a appraisal that can be established that can be created to establish the value of that I'm thinking that more likely than not the public at large would have a say on what the value of that property is and the Hmm. city council would have to acquire the funds and to secure that property and of course there's Would would
1: this be the kind of thing that might be generated if the city was looking at condemning it to take it for public use instead of having received it uh, as part of the estate? Well,
0: what I think of, Stewart is the Hearst Castle. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, Hearst Castle was acquired by the state of California. Right. And the Hearst family had to arrive at some uh, value for that property. And the state had to agree. And the state had to agree. And in the same vein, the estate Mm -hmm. of Mr. Chapman had to agree to whatever the city of Pismo Beach came up with as far as a price for that property was concerned. I don't think it's necessarily a value, but rather a price. And there is a Mm -hmm. difference between price and value.
1: Okay. I I appreciate that. And we're coming up on a hard break here. Folks, stay tuned. You're going to have great news and advertising And we're going to be back with Kim Weber, certified general real estate appraiser.